Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 61 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 2nd of 2015. I missed a week, but I still played a lot of games. Under the What I'm Playing Now section of the game, some of the games I played was Dice Masters, of course, Pathfinder Adventure Card Games, Skull and Shackles, some more organized play, Dragon Age Inquisition, Dead of Winter, Alchemists, Thief, and Heroes Charge. Some of the games I want to play now, Dungeons & Dragons Dice Masters Battle for Fay Run, and Dragon Age Inquisition. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and we are on episode 61. Sorry about missing last week, but I was on call for work last week, and let's just say things got very busy. It was rather interesting, and I was pretty much busy throughout the whole weekend. In fact, I had missed Dice Masters, Thursday board game night, and my Pathfinder game on Sunday. So besides some of the video game stuff that I did over the weekend... There wasn't a whole like a lot of gaming going on in the past week, but I do have quite a bit to talk about because the week before, I actually did get quite a few things in. Don't forget, you can find us and send us emails, what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Like I always say, don't forget to drop the G. You can find me on Facebook by just doing a search for what I'm playing now. We're also on Google Plus, plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast, and of course our Twitch channel which is at twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right, so let's jump into a bunch of the games that I played between the past two weeks. So this is going to be a culmination of everything, and I have a nice list here of things. So after the last podcast that I had done, of course, the following day, I played Dice Masters during our normal Tuesday night organized play, and we had a pretty interesting match against everybody in that... I think I've mentioned before that we like to kind of mix things up. We normally don't go with just straight teams or pretty much bring whatever you want. We try to come up with different types of themes, I guess you could say, just to try to make things interesting. Also to try to change it up so we're not bringing the same characters each week and we don't have the same kind of the same teams put together. So one of the guys came up with an idea and said, why don't we build teams for our opponents? So at first I was a little leery about this because... You pretty much know you're going to be playing with probably crap. And that is pretty much kind of what everybody did. We also needed to redo some of the rules after we had come up with this in that we didn't state how many dice needed to be played. So while we did say you needed to have a couple of three-cost characters, a couple of five-costs, well, pretty much we were only requiring you to have at least two three-cost characters and then pretty much anything else to fill the team of eight. We did require you to have 20 dice. But the one thing we did not state was make sure you have more than one die on those three-cost characters. So a couple of people had put one die on the three-cost characters, and that made the games extremely interesting and fun. I actually was able to win with one of those decks that only had one die on one of the three-cost characters. The deck that I had put together was pretty much just a mishmash of just different ideas. It, was, it, it, it worked out okay. I don't think everybody liked it, but I thought it was kind of interesting because... Some of the characters that I actually did get to play with were characters that I don't think any of us had ever brought to the table before. So if if you do play in an organized play league and you see that things are getting a little stale and things are kind of just getting to be the same, where people are bringing the same decks each week to play with, try mixing things up. You don't necessarily need to go to the extremes we did where you're building teams for your opponents, 
but there's a lot of different suggestions I know that people have discussed on Board Game Geek. I know I've mentioned several here on the podcast in the past, so just take a listen to some of the previous podcasts, hit Board Game Geek, find a different, maybe find a Facebook group that where people are posting about this type of things, and I'm sure there's plenty of people that'll give you quite a few different suggestions on different things that you can try. Now, what was actually supposed to happen this past Tuesday where I had missed, um, we were going to do a similar type of a game where you're building a deck for your opponent, but we're going to use even charactered, even cost characters, whereas the first time we went with odd cost characters, I like I said, I wasn't able to make it that week mainly because of work. I think the one guy who normally runs it with me, he was sick, so he kind of wasn't able to make it. So I don't even know if there were any, if there was anybody that actually got together on Tuesday. I will find out tomorrow when I go down there, and I actually need to look up on our Facebook page and actually see what the rules are going to be for tomorrow because I don't even know as of right now. So I need to look into that. I need to make a note to myself. All right, so what else did I play? I played some Pathfinder Adventure card game, Skull and Shackles. We're still working our way through our organized play. We're actually into the second set of scenario decks that we had started. The last time I had played, which would have been two Sundays ago now, uh, we started off with Yoho Grindylows, which is one that I had played the previous week before, but uh, we had a couple that wasn't able to make it then, so we were trying to get them caught up and get them the extra skill feed, I think is what you got at the end of that one. And the three of us arrived a little early, so we started up before everybody, everybody else got there. We tried to make it through Yoho Grindylows, and we had a sorcerer, um, mage, and I think a cleric. And I will say that those three together teamed up just fell quite short of being able to complete the mission at hand. We were nowhere even close to to even winning that set. So after that, everybody else was showed up, and we moved on to Revenge of the Fish Folk. So there were six of us trying to do that. And that was a very, very tense game. We basically came within one card shy of actually finishing that scenario on the first try. And we were all just kind of like banging our heads against the table in that we were literally one card away before when time had basically run out with our blessings deck and we just couldn't believe it. One of the actual locations that you need to close in that scenario causes you to actually discard a blessings card to close that location. We had actually done that. If we maybe hadn't closed that location, we possibly could have maybe won, but it is, I don't even think we could have done that because there, there was just no way to finish that one. We were all just sat there and just kind of throwing our hands up in the air and knew that we were so close. I think they actually, the, the team that I play with actually got together yesterday and went through some stuff. I'll have to talk to a couple of people and see how they did. I'm not even too sure what scenarios they all played. So I will probably be need to do, needing to do some catch up in this coming Sunday. So hopefully a couple of people can get there a little early and run me through a couple of things so I can get caught up as well. So during the past couple of weeks, one of the other things I played, besides a bunch of board games and everything, I've actually been getting back into Dragon Age Inquisition, and I know I've talked about this on the past couple of podcasts. I've been trying to play it a little bit more. It was my kind of go-to Saturday game. Well, in the past week or so, I'd say it's been my pretty much go-to game on the PC every time I sit down. I'm really starting to get to a very good point. I think my characters are pretty much all level 11 right now. I've completed, I would say, just about all the quests in the Hinterlands, Val Royale. Um, I believe I've done most of Storm Coast, and I've actually started off into Fallow Mire. I think I'm a little over-leveled for a couple of these locations right now, uh, so I have a feeling I'm going to breeze through a couple of these areas. I know when I had gone back through, I believe it was the Hinterlands, I ran into my first dragon, 
I know not to go back to this area right now because I tried it twice and both times were complete party wipes and we pretty much didn't even budge the dragon's health that much. So I know I'm at least one level, if not maybe two levels under trying to attempt this dragon again. I will say that the dragon looked quite amazing. And if you have not reached that far in the game and you are playing it, definitely continue trudging along. Work your way to fight to the dragon and I cannot wait to actually get my characters leveled up a little bit more and go back and actually try to defeat this dragon. The Falomire appears to have a bunch of undead in it from what I've seen so far, so I'm hoping we can maybe just kind of knock that area out rather quickly and do a bunch of those quests. And I've actually also upgraded quite a bit um, with my characters in that a lot of the different quests that I've done, both through the game and within the War Room, if you're familiar with the game, I've actually unlocked quite a few different characters and have pretty much, I think, maybe six to eight different characters available to choose from to build my team of four from right now. And I'm, I'm really liking some of the, the different varieties of characters that I'm able to put together right now and some of the different things I'm able to do. I think one of the other things that's kind of keeping me going with this game, I'd say I'd probably have a good, probably 30 hours or so, 30, 30 to 35 hours maybe put into the game right now, I think as of my last play yesterday. And just kind of going around and just exploring the area I'm just having a lot of fun doing. The graphics on the game are just simply amazing. I could sit here with my headphones on, get completely immersed in this world that they've built, and and just completely lose all track of time. And that's pretty much what I did Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this past weekend between working. If I wasn't working, I was probably doing a little bit of Dragon Age Inquisition and just having a, a hell of a good time with it. So if you have not played Dragon Age Inquisition on the PC, I'm playing on the PC, you could do it on a console or a PC. I definitely would, would give that game a shot, and I know I've said that in the past on a couple of previous podcasts, but now that I would say I'm probably a good, probably, I would say probably about halfway through the game, I'm, I'm thinking, possibly, who, who knows. I've been playing a little bit slower because I've, since I have been enjoying exploring so much, I've noticed that the past couple of weeks I really haven't been using my mount as much. I've actually just been walking around and just kind of like exploring some of the scenery grabbing a lot of the different items that I can pick up um, for both crafting and other things in the game and just trying to fight anything that's around um, just to just to level up my characters and and real and like I said just really enjoying it so if you haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition yet definitely give that one a shot it should definitely be on your list of games to try all right we're going to jump back to some board games that I played so I had picked up Dead of Winter a couple of weeks ago and really hadn't had a chance to play it well I guess I should say I played it right now but I kind of haven't really played it. So the reason I'm kind of saying that is I've actually only played the two-player co-op variant with my wife. I haven't had a chance to play a three- or four-player game yet, and I know that that's going to change the game quite a bit. So playing only the two the two-player co-op variant, we haven't really experienced uh, the whole betrayer aspect of the game, which I know is a very big part of the game. But one of the things we did have to do when playing on that two-player co-op version of was play the hardcore side of our mission, and I will say that that was definitely a challenge. We went with the we need more samples scenario, and I believe we came within two samples of actually achieving our goal before every there were just zombies everywhere and our morale hit zero because we were just losing people left and right. And my wife and I were both sitting there. I thought the game was getting really tense. She wasn't feeling too hot, so she was kind of glad when it did end because she wanted to try that when she was actually feeling a little better. She's been a little under the weather lately. 
but she really liked the game. I, both of us really liked the game. I will say I had heard a lot of good things from a lot of different podcasts on board games, Dice Tower, a lot of them had talked about this game. And I know it's either, from what it sounds like to me, from listening to a bunch of different podcasts when people are talking about this game, especially during a lot of the year-end stuff that was going on, it seemed to be either a love-it-or-hate-it game. I am probably going to be on the love-it side of this game because I just thought the whole game just came together very well. I'm not tired of zombies yet. I'm a huge zombie fan. My wife, my wife and I both love The Walking Dead. So playing a zombie-type game is pretty much right up our alley right now as that just fits into everything that we kind of like. I did like some of the different things that they did with a lot of the different cards in the game um, that 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 just kind of changed things up for you a little bit each time you were doing things. So if you haven't had a chance to get Dead of Winter onto your gaming table yet, I would definitely say try it before you buy it, especially since it does seem to be a rather love-it-or-hate-it type game. So before you purchase a game like that, especially since it seems to be really hard to find, since Will Wheaton had to put it out on Tabletop and they played it on there. And that was an episode that my wife and I had watched. And after she saw that, she said, okay, I, I want to play this now because that does look pretty cool. And it seems to be rather hard to get. I believe my friendly local game store that I normally go to actually still had some in stock, but it's been well over a week since I've been there. So he, they actually could be out right now. But I know the last time I was there a couple of weeks ago, I think it was right before the episode had actually been put up on the web. It was actually still in stock. So... If you can get your hands on a copy of the game, like I said, this is one you definitely want to try before buying, but I have a feeling you will definitely like it. So one of the other board games I actually had a chance to get onto my gaming table this past week was Alchemist. My wife had gotten this for me uh, for a Valentine's Day gift, and I really wasn't too sure how this was going to play through especially being kind of like a deduction type of game. I don't really think we've played too many of those before. So I sat down and started learning how to play this by myself. I've only played kind of like a solo game to teach myself um, pretty much how to play the game before I try to teach it to my wife. And I really like I really liked Alchemist, and I think it has a lot of potential. One of the things I wanted to talk about in discussing this game is the whole use of the app. So let's get that whole discussion out of the way first. So I know I was on Board Game Geek a couple of weeks ago when this game was first coming out, and there's, and I think XCOM had come out right around the same time, maybe a week or so before this, which also uses an in-game app. And I know there was a pretty big discussion of people talking about apps and games and what they thought about it. So I put a little post on there, but I'm kind of going to reiterate what I had stated there and kind of give my two cents on the whole app discussion topic, just to hopefully maybe clear some things up and maybe make it a little easier for people to maybe start accepting some of the apps. So one of the first things I stated was basically the convergence of technology and board games kind of seems to be inevitable. I mean, there's been a lot of things over the years that I've played game-wise where there's kind of like an electronic component to it that does kind of add a really nice twist or add something or bring something to the game that maybe just a plain cardboard board game just wouldn't have. So some of the games I'm kind of talking about, maybe let's mention one of the more popular ones that I had played when I was much, much younger, and I still have, and I actually need to get fixed, and that's Dark Tower. So Dark Tower is a really great board game, and that electronic tower that sits in the middle of the board was just kind of revolutionary at the time. I know I, when, I was, when I had first gotten the game, I think I had gotten it for Christmas, the year that it had come out. My parents had gotten it for me. 
And I played that with my cousin and some of his friends, and they were they were a little older than me at the time, but all of us had a blast playing this game, and it was just something that we played for months on end continually and just could not stop playing it. It was just a great game. And there's been a lot of games over the years that have taken basically a board game, added an electronic component to it, and it sometimes does add a few things to the game. I think the whole app-based thing is basically just the next extension and next level of that. And I know there's a lot of people out there who may not have smartphones, who may think, whenever I upgrade my operating system on my phone, the app's going to be outdated, I'm not going to be able to play this in a couple of years. There's a lot of different, for lack of a better word, we're going to say FUD, that's being thrown around. And FUD, if you're not familiar with the term, is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's being thrown around about the apps. And in looking at, let's say, the Alchemist app, it appears to just kind of be, it, it, it can also run through the, through the web, and it appears to just almost be like an HTML app, from what I can tell so far. I haven't really dug too much into it, but it doesn't appear to be something that's running any special language like Java or anything that you're really going to need or something that by upgrading the OS on your phone, it should really make it obsolete. From what I can tell right now, not 100% certain on this, but from working in computers and technology for a while, I'm hoping that the game designers are going to build some of these apps to basically kind of be future-proof to where they really can't get outdated and they really don't need let's say, a back-end server or something that the company needs to run to actually continue to make them work well after they may be defunct or maybe the board game has been out for 10, 15, 20 years and you can go back to it. I mean, I can go back to my dark tower if if my tower actually worked right now, which I do need to get repaired. I mean, I can go back and still play that. I can still go back and play Electronic Stratego. I can play The Generals. I can play um, Stop Thief. You know, all of the little electronic games that I have appear to pretty much still be working besides Dark Tower. Uh, which I can get repaired, and they're still good. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people are afraid of right now with the introduction of these apps. It's something new, and some people may just not be used to it. I ha- What I want to say to everybody is try a game that uses an app and don't just shove it off to the side and say, no, I'm not going to play any games that require an app just because I don't want to do that. If you do that, I have a feeling you're going to be missing quite a few good games that are going to be released probably within the next couple of years. Because like I said, this whole convergence with technology, especially app-based technology and board games, is pretty much, it's it's happening. We can already see it happening, and I have a feeling that more games are going to do this going forward. Are all games going to do this, and should all games do this? Definitely not. There are a lot of games that should definitely just stick with a cardboard-based game, a card-based game, or basically just a board game where they don't need an app introduced to it. If the app actually enhances the game quite a bit, which like an alchemist it does, in that you not you can not only use the app, but you can do what the app does manually. But what the app does is something that nobody is going to want to do manually. And that's basically sit there with a chart and let all the other people that are playing the game, basically you would tell them what the different mixtures are of the potions that they're creating. It would be extremely boring to sit there for a couple hours and just tell people, you mix these two these two items together, you got this potion. There are not too many people that you're going to find in your game group that are going to want to sit there and actually do that for two hours for you. Hence the reason why the app is actually a very good thing. Now, the one thing I do like about Alchemists is that they do give you this manual process of doing that. So let's say you are somewhere where your app isn't working, your phone is dead or something like that. 
it you can always fall back to that cardboard piece that they give you and actually play the game and continue playing the game that way. I think that's a very good idea. I don't know if XCOM does that or not because I have not played XCOM yet. I know somebody at the at the game store on board game night had brought XCOM, but we didn't it didn't make it to the table that night. I don't know if anybody's played it in my group yet because I haven't been there in a couple of weeks, so I'll find out this Thursday when I head down there, but I'm really interested in playing XCOM as well. But let's get back to Alchemist discussion. Um, this is definitely a game I want to spend some more time with and I want to learn. I haven't talked to you too much about the game because I'm still, I still feel like I'm in the learning phase of the game in that I've only played it the solo game so far. But like I said, what I've played, I've really enjoyed. So if you do, if, if somebody at your, at your group actually has Alchemist, definitely see if you can get in on that group. Definitely play it. I will give one public service announcement on the game though. If you do purchase the game, when you are setting up the, the shields that you will use to actually kind of like shield yourself and your, your score sheet from all of your opponents, there is one piece of cardboard you do not want to rip off from that shield, from that cover. And read the rule book and make sure you notice that before you start popping everything out and start ripping things off. Because I've seen several people on Board Game Geek mention that. They just went through and started ripping things off. And there is a little ledge that you do need to leave intact that you just kind of bend forward to set your cards on so you can scan them on with your app. So public surface announcement made. Be careful with Alchemist. Read through the rules when you're building um, the actual shields, and hopefully nobody will make that mistake. All right, we're going to jump back to a couple of video games here. One of the other video games that I was kind of playing around with, I was kind of going back to my PS3, and last month in February for PlayStation Plus members, Sony had given away Thief. Thief is a game that I had originally played, oh, probably back on the PC. I don't even know how many years ago. There were three different versions, I think, that were released on the PC um, way back in the day. I believe you could probably still get them on good old games. I'm not too sure if they're on Steam or not. I haven't looked lately. But um, I was really excited when Thief had come out last year. I kind of wanted to play it on the PS4. But after hearing a bunch of the reviews, I never bought it. So when it was given away on the PS3, I said, let me at least try it here. I knew the graphics wouldn't be as good on the PS3 as, the, as what the PS4 version would be. But I think the one thing that disappointed me the most in the PS3 version is basically some of the lag that you experience and some of the slowdown and frame rate that you experience in going through a couple of the different cutscenes where it really starts to kind of bog down. And I was playing through a couple of the different scenes and I think I went through the whole first chapter and pretty much most of the second chapter. I've only put maybe about 10 hours into the game, so I'm not too far into it. But I was really disappointed with kind of just the graphical look on the PS3. And like I said, just the frame rate and the way things would just kind of chug at certain moments when they were going through kind of like a cutscene where you could just, just kind of see the screen kind of skipping frames a little bit. And it that may not be noticeable to everybody, but I do sometimes really pick up on those types of things. While that may be a small thing to pick up on, so far the game is okay. Basically, in Thief, you're playing a thief, and you're going around and breaking into different houses and stealing different things and completing different missions, and it seems like a pretty decent storyline so far, but I, I'll, I'll need to get into a little bit more to talk about it, but like I said, pretty much the one thing that did jump out on me, especially on the PS3 version, I'd be really interested to play the PS4 version now to see if some of those frame rate issues are still present in that game. I would really hope that they wouldn't be considering the PS4 is just a little more powerful than the PS3, but... 
not too sure about that. It could just be the actual game itself, and there could just be slowdowns in some of the frame rate. So if you haven't give, given Thief a shot, if you do have PlayStation Plus, hopefully you downloaded it last month from the Sony store, and you can give that one a shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little bit more time into it before I talk about it anymore, but um, I was kind of liking what I did play so far. And then, of course, one of the last little games that I played, I usually kind of have one little game that I play on my phone, and there's a little app that I heard of from Giant Bomb that's kind of been running on my phone for a couple of days now, maybe about the past week. A couple of the guys had gotten together, and they put together a video where they went over some of the different apps that had been that had commercials on the Super Bowl. One of the apps that they talked about was a game called Heroes Charge. And I said, when I saw it, I go, that doesn't look that bad. I've kind of gotten bored of some of the other little games I was time-burning around and screwing around with. So I go, let me download this one and play around with that for a little bit. It's basically kind of like a side-scrolling RPG fighting game in that your characters... You're, you're using your characters to fight, and you're building up a special attack bar, and once that, t- that attack bar is filled up, you can unleash the special attack that each character has pretty much whenever you want during a fight, and you really kind of have to watch how you time some of the different things. There isn't a lot to this game. You're pretty much just watching that bar fill up as your characters are fighting, and then unleashing the special attack pretty much once, sometimes twice during a battle depending if you're fighting a larger boss mob that's taking a little bit longer. But the interesting thing that kind of kept me coming back is you can unlock a lot of different characters as you start off with basically one, two, I think it's two characters you start off with and then start adding multiple characters to your team. I think you your team tops off at, I believe, five characters. And I think I have six characters unlocked right now. So you can pick different characters that'll go into battle with you. Each character is kind of like a different class, I guess you can say. There's basically going to be frontline fighters. You have mages, which are going to be single-shot, you know, huge damage-dealing type of targets. You have, like, a ranger, which will do, like, an area effect attack with maybe arrows and stuff like that. Uh, you have a healer that can heal your party. So there's just... They, they've pretty much hit on a lot of different classes. And when I scroll down on the list of things that I have not unlocked yet, there are just a lot more uh, characters available that you can unlock over time. And we'll see how long I'm actually playing this game and how many more I unlock before I actually get bored with it and move on to the next one. But so far, it's a nice little time burner. If you haven't given it a shot and you have Android or iOS, definitely give it a little download. Play with it for a little bit. Not too sure I would put too much money into it. But what I have played, I've kind of liked of it so far. So that's it. Those are the games I played for the week. And what do I want to play now? Coming up next week, I included, I will, in my show notes, I'll include the release date update that WizKids gave for this. Dungeons & Dragons Dice Masters Battle for Fey Run is going to be released next week, Wednesday, I believe it is. I believe it's coming out on 3.11 at the New York Toy Fair. I believe they had actually posted an update on their website where they have a listing of a lot of the different games that are coming out from the end of February to kind of like the end of March now especially with a lot of the West Coast troubles that we've been having um, with shipping over there and that stuff appearing to be clearing up right now. It seems like they've actually redone some of their schedule. It's funny because in looking at a couple of different websites, I know I've seen dates posted for D, the release of DC and some of the different people like Cool Stuff Inc. and a couple of the other ones, they haven't put any release dates on there for Dice Masters. And WizKids actually has a release date listed now for, for the Dice for Dungeons Dragons for Battle for Fey Run, and they don't have a release date listed from what I've seen yet for DC. My guess is you're going to see Dungeons & Dragons come out next week, 
And then probably in April is when they will be pushing back DC2. I don't know if they will release two different sets in the same month. If so, I will be very disappointed because I will be beating my head against the desk because I'm not too sure my wife or my wallet would appreciate it too much. Um, I'm definitely going to be picking up some Dungeons & Dragons Dice Masters. This is the one I've been waiting for for Dice Masters. While I do like Avengers vs. X-Men and Uncanny, there is a lot of stuff that they're... I want to say a lot of stuff. There's a couple of new mechanics that they're adding into the D&D set, and it looks like it's going to be really, really cool and a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get my hands on this from some of the videos that I've seen from like Dice Tower and stuff on the review that they've done. It looks really interesting, and I just really want to play this game. And of course, since I am now knee-deep and waist-deep, I guess I could say, into Dragon Age Inquisition, I need to keep kind of plowing through that one and just go with that game and just start continue knocking it out. I'm having a lot of fun in that game. The graphics are still some of the best graphics I've ever seen in a game. The environments are just so different each each location that you're going to they've done a really good job at making the game not look the same in in all the different environments and or feel the same because you you're constantly fighting different types of monsters and stuff so those are the two games that i really want to that i really want to play or keep playing i guess we should say in the in the name of dragon age inquisition so that's going to be it for this episode 61 of the what i'm playing now podcast as always don't forget to send me some emails what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Also have a Facebook page. Just do a search for what I'm playing now on Facebook. Also have Google Plus at plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And of course our Twitch channel, which I need to get back to here, is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey everybody, have a good week. Go play some games. And as always, let me know what you're playing now. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.